Welcome to the Life's a Pitch podcast, the show where we pitch the best movies that will never get made. I'm Tom McGrath. And I'm Matt Turner. This is the podcast where we ask you, the listener, to give us a title of a movie that doesn't exist. Yet. We then collaborate to create a pitch for that movie, complete with casting, story beats, and sometimes even marketing. Without further ado, this week's main feature is... The Wildly Inaccurate Memoirs of a Child Star. Oh. <laughs> Very good. Very good. We are doing biopics this week. Oh, you're a biopics man, are you? You don't go biopics. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know. I feel like if you make a compound word, you really should make it a compound word that feels nice to say. Yeah. But, uh, you know, some people are like, well, it's a biography. And it's, uh, it's now. I'm going to have to step in there because we've got another pronunciation problem already. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing biopics this week. Uh, thank you, <laughs> thank you, Ross underscore Originals for that title. Joining us, as you've probably guessed by now, is Dave Bulmer. Hello. I'm he's, our, he's, a, he's our biotic biopics man. Wow. <laughs> That, I'm not really sure what any of that meant. <laughs> biotic, bi- did you say biotic biopics? Yes. Right. So, bi- so I'm biological. What does that mean? Does that mean that I'm a biological I think entity? You, I think you're a biological entity. Uh, I I'm think that's what biotic means. Uh, yes, relating to or resulting from <laughs> living organisms. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and to be fair, I am both related to and resulting from two particular biological organisms that I could name. I could get them on the phone now if you want to talk about it. That is, that is the best. They might not want to talk about it, but we can try. That is the best way to talk about birth, resulting from. Or related to. Hello. Hello. All right, so biopics. Do you want to hear some honourable biopic mentions? Go on, then. All right, so... Might as well. <laughs> so from Max Revels, we've got The Narrator. Ooh. Oh, the Narrator. Golly. I mean, that Yikes. could be a number of different things, couldn't it? Yeah. Who's the narrator that we can think of who narrates things or narrate... Or, like, what's got a narrator and who is that narrator? Well, unfortunately, nowadays, right? Yeah. You're mainly talking about famous people, like David Tennant and stuff doing narration over... Uh, you know, wildlife documentaries and and people mm. who just have recognisable. Why have you gone to David Tennant instead of Attenborough when you're looking for well, a wildlife? No, cause, cause, or... cause David Attenborough's on screen, right? He's on. He like and he oh, does said, well, shows and so. stuff. Whereas, kind of, like, yeah. yeah, people tend to Less if it's just now, but yeah, if it's just voiceovery stuff, you're right. Um, yeah. Then it's it's kind of like yeah, we no no one goes like oh right yes uh, in in this in this wildlife documentary. David Tennant is the nature uh, a nature expert, whereas with David Attenborough, that's absolutely true. Yeah, um, right uh, but like, however, we, we are forgetting one big narrator, someone who they just get to narrate everything, yes. even though it's not really warranted, and that is yes. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman, there you go. <laughs> of course, the narrator. Yeah. There you go. And now, presumably, what we've got here is a. It, it, this is a film narrated by Morgan Freeman about Morgan Freeman's <laughs> Morgan Freeman. exploits as a narrator. Morgan didn't know how how he got his voice, but one day he woke up uh, on his 13th birthday and he sounded like an old man. <laughs> no, 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 no. 
know, a seventh birthday. He he wakes up <laughs> on his seventh birthday with that voice. And well, he goes to Hollywood. That, and if we're talking about like biopics, th- these are the true stories of of uh, of these people's lives, right? Well, isn't it hmm. that Morgan Freeman actually cycled through a number of disparately different voices? I, s- I seem to remember that he woke up, you know, one day on his seventh birthday. And he had one voice, and then the next day, when he was seven, <laughs> he he had a different voice, and this went on for years. And <laughs> was able to—I can't remember what it was he did, and, and maybe we can uh, unearth the facts of this in a moment. But I seem to remember that something he did caused him to settle on the Morgan Freeman voice because it was his best one. But before that, he had all sorts of ones. He had a sort of <laughs> clown voice at one point. Uh, and Andy like, Dufresne, the only yeah. man to work to crawl through. Five miles of shit and come out clean on the other side. <laughs> and what he did was he um he used to go. There was a as I remember it. This is just I've I have read the biography of Morgan Freeman. It was a while ago, so I'm a bit hazy on the details. But as I remember it, every week he would walk into this costume shop, right? And it was like <laughs> there were, and the, the the costume man. There was something vaguely magic about the shop. And then he mm. would go through a cupboard and he would come out with a different voice and then he would go through various like silly wacky adventures based on the voice that he had that week so like one week he had a spaceman's voice <laughs> like the mr ben of the mr, the mr. Ben, ben, voices. ben of voices uh, that's right <laughs> okay I just, uh... <laughs> no one would have believed old people listening. <laughs> no one would have believed that in the people. first days of the 21st century we were being watched by intelligences larger than our own. <laughs> That's a very good spaceman voice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So from fingers to hand, we've got the missing doctor, and he's he's given us a, uh, a an actor to do a biopic on. It's Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing. Okay. The missing so- doctor. Peter Cushing, uh, famously, and I've read his uh, biography, um, but Peter Cushing famously, uh, before playing, this is, you know, he'll have mentioned this because of the the reference being that uh, Peter Cushing played the Doctor in a sort of non-canonical pair of films. Um, But what he may not be aware is that this is a very good uh, name for Peter Cushing's uh, biopic, because when Peter Cushing was born, according to his biography that I read, it's been a while, so I'm not clear on the details, (laughs) but, you know, I'm sure we can hash them out. Um, the doctor actually like as in the doctor who was you know delivering him yeah. just disappeared um, and, <laughs> and, this, and, they, and they thought that maybe this was just something that happened like that doctor just left and was never seen again but then anytime Peter Cushing visited a doctor for the rest of his life as I understand it that doctor would just disappear just disappear oh, man. Um, can you remember any more details about that so that we can flesh it out I, I, feel, I feel like I, I have heard about this yeah um, and and there's something. It wasn't just doctors though no. either. It was like loose change. Yeah. Um, like small objects. Loose Only in terms of people, it was largely doctors. But mm. but you know, it, the the just things seemed to disappear around Peter Cushing all the way through his life. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, like it, it actually turned out in the end. That um, they were all just falling down behind him. Or just falling down. <laughs> down behind the cushing. <laughs> oh, oh dear! Oh no! Wow. I feel like I colluded in that. <laughs> <laughs> we found the punchline there. Yep. Barely. 
<laughs> oh god. <clears throat> I, I think they all end up on an island somewhere. Every every <laughs> every disappearing thing and he has to go across the the Isle of Tuvalu is entirely <laughs> inhabited by doctors Peter Cushing has met. Oh, we're pressing on, are we? We're going back to doing this one, right? No, 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 no. I just want to, just want to end it there. Uh, oh, okay, I just wanted to make because because otherwise this would have been the first podcast to be hosted by three individuals, all named Alan Smithy. <laughs> That'll be our market this episode. We've got legendary producer Alan Smithy and director Alan Smithy on the show. <laughs> He's in everything. All right, so those were all our honourable mentions. Thanks for everyone who got in touch with us on our social media platforms. That's uh, facebook.com forward slash Life's a Pitch podcast and Twitter at Life's a Pitch show. So shall we get into our final pitch, which is from Ross Originals or Cooper Ross, uh, as they're now called, The Wildly Inaccurate Memoirs of a Child Star. Well... I have a child star in mind, but it's just because he's come up in conversation a few times, and that's Mr. John Hasler, who played T-shirt in Teabag, but I think you're <laughs> probably both too young for that. Yeah, so, very much so. <laughs> you... I was, I was going to go with Macaulay Culkin. Culkin? Okay, fine, yeah. I don't really know his life story. What my worry was, was that we would know the life story of, of almost any child actor, and the life story is that they went to a sort of acting school and their mum made them do acting, and they did. Yeah. Um, I, I think reason, we take the reason this is called the wildly inaccurate story. Yeah. So it's from their perspective. It's like they're doing, they are doing all the wild things for all the shows they're in, and they're actually the hero in this, that, and the other. They're actually setting up a staple gun for to 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 shoot at a man on the other yeah. side of a door. You yeah. know that sort of thing. Well, mm. I think in the case of Macaulay Culkin, that is, I think that's why he was hired for that film because he was found. They, they basically they went door to door looking for a child actor for their film and the way that they picked it was when you know when they opened the door you know they stood on nails and an iron went into their face and, <laughs> and they, they were set on fire and stuff see I heard the hiring process for that was actually like a a little bit of a, a sort of a, a technical test it was yeah. sort of like they left children in a hardware store for half an hour and yeah. then told them that a monster was going to come and get them <laughs> yeah and the one that survived got the part. <laughs> that is a cracking film idea. <laughs> like, okay. so, so it, it's not it, it, like, yeah, no, that's exactly it. That's what we pitch. <laughs> okay. So we've got so, someone. Let's Brian call him. So is playing a, is playing a movie executive. Yeah. He's like. You know what I miss from the from the from the seventies, the wildly like a wild propagation of incredibly famous child stars. <laughs> I'm gonna find one star, one child to put in literally every film that's gonna come out of the next ten years. <laughs> Cartoon series. <laughs> so Danny DeVito has, has decided that this is gonna he's gonna find the next enormous child star. That's what the, the public want right now, mm. is someone to, to hang on to and invest their hopes and dreams in this precocious-looking um, child, right? Mm. Who, who kind of, whose face belies uh, the, his lack of intelligence and experience as a child and instead looks like he's, there's something more going on. Mm. Um, a lot like the young kid in Malcolm in the Middle. Um, so... <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh, I, I almost said Frankie Valley then, but that's not right. But Frankie <laughs> Valley is not the guy from Malcolm in the Middle. It's Jackie Frankie Nunes. Nunes is the middle yeah. one. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's Malcolm. <laughs> the middle one in Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> what was he called? <laughs> what was the middle one called in Malcolm in the Middle? <laughs> So this nationwide search goes on for the next child star. It's like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, right? Yeah. Someone's oh, gonna yeah. be someone's gonna be the biggest star in 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 Hollywood. Yeah. So uh, it doesn't matter whether you're a good actor or not. Mm. If you get this, you've got it. <laughs> so Diane DeVito is playing who wrote Home Alone. What was his name? Uh, Jonathan Hughes. Oh. All right. Why John yeah, Hughes wrote Home Alone? The, the guy did uh, he, he did uh, Breakfast Club and yeah, but Ferris Bueller. Yeah, but you know that he wrote Home Alone. I don't know. I feel, I feel as if that's not. Hey, that I think it's niche information and like well known, well done. Really? All oh, right. I, I... Yeah, that is that's <laughs> the niche information. Niche information. <laughs> I mean, I th- yeah, I think it is. I think who wrote yeah. Home Alone? Yeah, who, like yeah. knowing who directed Home Alone—that's normal. But even yeah. that is niche, right? But then another level down is knowing who wrote it. I yeah. was very, very surprised when I found out one of um, uh, who who wrote the Stuart Little film. Oh yeah, who was it? I found out like two days ago. It was M Night Shyamalan. That's what? Right. what a, it's a big twist, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, there's that... a big twist. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> I'm not sure I'm going full on meta with it. So, yeah. Dino is playing Jonathan Hughes. I'm Johnny Hughes. <laughs> I write all the big films. You may have heard of uh, Cats Got Your Tongue and uh, Spooks Patrol. <laughs> we wanted to call it the Lunch Club. <laughs> But no one had any lunch on set. <laughs> we only had cereal. <laughs> so, right, this uh, the young let's let's not call him Macaulay Culkin for legal reasons. Uh, let's okay. uh, let's it's call Mac, him Macaulkin. Macaulkin. Bobby Culkin, yeah, Bobby, Millie Bobby, Millie Bobby Bulkin. Millie Bobby Bulkin. Millie Bobby Bollocks. So Millie Bobby Bollocks. Is this... Yeah. Millie Bobby's on the beat. Uh, yeah, Millie... So... So, Billy, child Billy actor Bobby, Bobby Bollocks. Bollocks. <laughs> Bobby Bollocks. Bobby Bollocks is uh, is wanting to become this child star. Like he's like, oh, I want to be in the film so bad, so bad, Mo. I want to be in the film. And much like in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, it's uh, they're they're very very poor. And mm. He's already got a paper round to do, and yeah. you know, oh oh no, he works for a hardware store. 
Yes! Yeah, he knows exactly how to get everything working. Yeah, yeah and, and yeah. someone tries to stick because it's quite like a rough area and like yes, and people are yeah. and people are desperate and stuff like that. Someone's gonna steal some sellotape or whatever, and, uh, <laughs> and yeah, and the owner of the shop keeps... goes, "Bobby Bollocks, get him, get him, Bobby Bollocks!" And Bobby Bollocks throws a load of nails out on the floor. Out yeah, because <laughs> you know how the, the problem that shops always have is that people who are destitute, they really like you know, beyond the, they're, they're the, they've got no food to eat, they've got no shelter. They're always yeah. coming in the nicking sellotape. <laughs> yeah. Because they're going to grab, a, grab a big pile of MDF <laughs> and wander off with it. <laughs> so Bobby Bollocks throws all this, <laughs> all these uh, nails on the floor and it, it gets stuck in the, in the thief's uh, feet. <laughs> Yeah. And he gets a blowtorch to the handle of the door and he's like, oh no, my hand! I yeah. won't steal the sellotape again. And, and the, my feet. The... Oh no, my hand and my feet. Oh yeah. And, <laughs> and, and oh, here comes a paint pot. Oh no, my face as well. <laughs> I think we save those things for later. It should just okay. be one one single, like a bit of foreshadowing. Yeah. Oh right, yeah. So he needs to start small. So like instead of putting a load of nails down, he mm. just put a load of sellotape down, and the guy's like, "It doesn't." And it's not even double sided. It doesn't stick him to the floor. It's just <laughs> on his shoes, and like you know, when you're trying to get a bit of yeah. sticky something off your shoe, like a label or a bit of sellotape, you're like, "Ah," oh. yeah. and it does delay you. It's it's just and, a and bit also, like the police can follow a trail of sticky tape. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, Bobby Bollocks spend more on sellotape. Than it was going to be stolen. <laughs> the guy, yeah, the guy, the guy literally stole a sheet of plywood, and that's it. <laughs> so I'm thinking he gets home, sees this thing in the news, and his dad's like, "Hey, you're really good at acting, Bobby Bollocks. You could, uh, you you could go in for this uh, thing. It, it's only down the road." And and Bobby Bollocks is like, "Yeah, yeah, that'll be my ticket out of here." Thanks, not, Daddy Bollocks. Dad's like, wait, hang on a minute. Steady on. Ticket out of here. What's this all about? <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> My it, ticket it, out of here. I meant our ticket out of here. His, his, uh, his mum, who, who owns the, the hardware store, is, mm. um, is like, absolutely no way. Ab- no. It's Jodie Whittaker. No yeah. way, no how. Absolutely no way, no how are you going out of this house to go and be a blooming Francine actor, <laughs> she says. So he sneaks out of his house at night uh, using a zip wire from his house yeah. to his treehouse yeah. and uh, and goes to this audition. And Danny DeVito's there like, I'm Jonathan Hughes. <laughs> Who we got? <laughs> For some reason in my leg, because I hadn't quite got the go go to his audition into my brain, so mm. he got to his treehouse and there was Johnny <laughs> <laughs> That'll come back into it later, because he, he, <laughs> he goes to the audition and uh, and he's like, where are your parents, kid? And he's like, oh, my parents don't want me to become an actor. And Diana is like, oh, no, that's that's just, that's just too bad. It's just too bad. But I'm afraid you can't apply. We you need your apply. parents' permission because of the rigorous nature of this application process. So yeah. does he get some, like, 
shop dummies and like attach them to a scale extra. <laughs> yes, and... he does. <laughs> <laughs> Gets them to sign. <laughs> He's like, yeah, the, the, the room where they would sign is behind frosted glass. <laughs> and, they, and, they, and he breathes on the frosted glass and, like, gets the animated puppets to sign in the frosted glass. <laughs> and, it, and the guy with the contracts is like, Dan Dimitro is like, okay, just copies it down. Okay, okay. That is legal. <laughs> that's, that's how this works. <laughs> <laughs> so then he goes in and he's like, See, the reason we needed your parents' permission is because we're about to summon a monster from the netherverse. <laughs> and you only have this room full of tools and <laughs> no, no, nails I, and things. I'm, I'm thinking... I'm thinking... Um, that he does the audition for the role. Yeah. And then he goes back up. He's got to climb through his treehouse. And inside his treehouse, Danny DeVito's sat there. It's like, hey, kid. You did. You got you got the part in the movie, but oh. there's just one more test. He's just in his treehouse. No, it's Danny because it, it's Danny DeVito as a, like as a, as a uh, Willy Wonka, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like he's like, oh, you've you've been asked to to come for a callback. Yes. Uh, uh, there are a few more kids going to be coming back to the to the audition. Mm. But uh, uh, as part of this new technology that we're using to film, there might be some science going on during the day. <laughs> So just be careful of that, because what's going to happen is there's going to be this whole thing where he's like, oh, no, there's got the uh, monsters are coming from the nth dimension. They're, they're stealing things and, and, and uh, look, hunting down children. <laughs> I guess we've only got the, these planks, some glue. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, think, I think they all just... I th- Danny DeVito chloroforms him in his treehouse. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, the uh, Billy Bollocks gets kidnapped. <laughs> That's the name of the film. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Bollocks gets... <laughs> oh, no, what Ross has given us is the subtitle to uh, yeah. Billy Bollocks gets kidnapped. Yeah, I feel as if you're allowed to... I feel as if once you've started with the, you know, the work-in-progress name, you're yeah. allowed to move on. To like the, the final production name, and it's Billy Bollocks gets kidnapped. Yeah, <laughs> exclamation so he, mark. He wakes up in this sort of like Amazon warehouse style uh, hardware store that's just completely yeah. empty, and he's wandering around just like, "Where am I? Where am I?" And eventually, he finds another kid there, mm-hmm. um, played by Mara Wilson. Of course, yeah. Uh, As a kid or now? Uh, I don't know. Well, uh, no, okay. the thing is, you won't, know, you won't notice. It's now, but you'll hear, oh, my way. Oh, my way. And you'll, go, you'll just immediately see her as Matilda, and that's, that's all you want to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, and you've got, uh, who else is in there? Lindsay Lohan, she's in there. She was actually 35 when she played that part, but the spell <laughs> is in it, so we all saw her as a kid. The, the rusted root spell. <laughs> <laughs> it only works on Mara Wilson. Who else? Who else is in it? The um, the kids from Jurassic Rusted Park Roots actually were trying to cast a general spell over the whole world for their own dastardly plans, but it seemed not to have worked. And it was only when Matilda came out. You know where this is going, right? Sorry, yeah, go on. Because I've got the kids from Jurassic Park now in yeah. 
in this as well. <laughs> so what I'm suggesting happens is that they meet up, they, they wander through the warehouse just meeting each other so it's kind of like a labyrinth kind of like the the party comes together as they're wandering through this endless maze of hardware departments in this giant warehouse and then suddenly they just hear this it's a it's a monster that that Devito has summoned from the never realm of hollywood but like they, it also like so you see that that first thing and it's coming through like a portal, mm. right? Uh, and it's, and it starts chasing them. And they're like, oh my god, what the hell? Like like they're running around, um, trying to get away from it. It's like walking up walls and stuff, all creepy, like mm. yeah. um, smashing boxes out the way in this Amazon warehouse. And uh, uh, and then they're like, oh my god, they've they've pitted us against this horrible monster. What what's happening? What's Danny DeVito done this for? And then, like, out, they, they go to the next room, and there's Dai DeVito also running from a monster from the netherverse. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh, no, it was an accident. We summoned too many. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, thinking what are we gonna got, do? I'm thinking they've all got special powers. Like, the the girl from Jurassic Park's got good hacker powers, hasn't she? she, she yeah, can, yeah. She's a computer hacker. It's a, uh, only if it's a Linux system. A Unix yeah. system, sorry. And um, and her brother's there, and uh, Billy Bollocks is like a good sort of MacGyver kind of can build any any trap out of anything. Um, Lindsay Lohan is good with cars. Yeah, she was what? in Herbie Fully Loaded. Herbie. Um, <laughs> Only sentient cars, though. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. No. The car, com- the cars, the Deus Ex Machina. Most of us going to drive in a sentient car. To be fair, yeah. <laughs> the love bug is the Deus Ex Machina in this. I think, or at one point, or at one point, it comes along and they they use it to escape the monster. Yeah, Wait, they, you know, they well, use it. They, they eventually run out of tools, but they have to use it. To these spare parts of one of Macaulay Culkin's plans. Yeah, can we have a bit where the, the love bug? Can we have a bit where the kids from Jurassic Park are riding a dinosaur away from a marauding love bug that's coming at them from the distance? <laughs> it, the love bug gets possessed by one of the monsters from the yeah. Nether Realm, and uh, and Mara well, Wilson. That, I think it is already. Isn't that the origin of the love bug? I'm pretty sure. That is that. <laughs> I think that's yeah, what happened, yeah. Herbie. Yeah. M- I, think, Mara I think it's actually in its native tongue it's the Lafourg <laughs> Mara Wilson can move stuff with her mind so yeah. what um, so what happens is there's a ton of t- a ton of monsters all- it's like Jumanji like yeah. the world's gone crazy and all I would suggest we kids- I would suggest we include the kids from Jumanji but like I can't remember them uh, no. Kirsten Dunst and another one. Oh. Was this just a rumour, or was the boy from Jumanji the voice of Tails? I think it oh. might have just been a rumour. Don't know. Let's find out who the boy in Jumanji was. I think Jonathan Hyde should be playing all of the um, all of the Netherverse monsters anyway. <laughs> yeah, they've got voices. Yes, that was an incorrect... Oh, no, it was. No, he was. He was the voice of Tails, but in the Satay Hem. So in the one I don't care about, he was the voice of Tails. 
Well, there you are. <laughs> oh, and we're forgetting uh, we're forgetting someone as well. Um, Haley Joel Osment can see dead people, which we'll come into <laughs> it later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> once uh, once Day DeVito's died. Once uh, the world started dying off, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Day DeVito is about to set, like, as as um, Billy Billy Bollocks, Mara Wilson, Lindsay Lohan, uh, and the kids from uh, from Jurassic Park all meet up with Danny DeVito. Uh, he then gets he's about to explain the way out, and he gets eaten by one of the monsters. And then later on, they bump into Haley Joel Osment, who sees Danny DeVito has been with them the whole time just as a ghost. And Danny DeVito can see him and hear and hear dead people. He's like Danny DeVito was able to tell him the way out. Yeah, hey, go about... like uh, he says the door code is five five three nine. Yeah, he's like <laughs> who says that? Hey, the, husband... the the guy right there. Oh no, the writer. Dead people. <laughs> anyway, it all turns out after everyone else has, has died off, and it's only Billy Bollocks left over. Because um, mm. remember, there is only one child celebrity allowed in this. Well, this is the thing. <laughs> because because oh, yeah. Diane DeVito's now died, I think they all escape. And okay. because they, they've managed to kill off all the um, all the aliens and, and demons and stuff, uh, Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones appear at yeah. the end uh, saying... Smoke. In a puff of smoke saying, <laughs> Painted well blue. done, kids. Well done, kids. You can't talk about anything that's happened here and you won't remember it as well because they get the neuralizer out from men in black yeah. and uh, and they end they wake up and they're all child stars yeah oh. when they wake up and they've, they've all been cast into these 90s films yeah yes i feel like we should send this to macaulay culkin and see if he wants <laughs> to buy he'd it. get a kick out of it because yeah <laughs> a he'd love it b if he produced this film, I think the public would respond. I think this mm-hmm. would be a popular film, especially if it was like, you know, apply the Ready Player One formula to it. Get, make it a big mashup of pop culture stuff. Get as many mm. celebrity faces in there as you possibly can. And of course, you know, and and of course, all the adults in it. Never mind Danny DeVito. It should actually be played by an exclusively a cast of ex-child actors that we recognise from stuff. <laughs> right? They yeah. should all have right. cameos in it. Yeah, like, they should all be playing the parents. Yes, exactly. We get a, a whole bunch of new kid actors in to play those yeah. uh, those roles. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, that'd be great. And, and and like so the way let's let's because this is a pitch. So th- yeah. this is now the pitch to to Macaulay Culkin. So what do you reckon? We're mm. like, oi, oi, Maka, get what? Why don't you have a look at this script we've got? It's, I'll tweet him now. It's a right yeah. doozy. Um, yeah. how do I tweet? How do uh, I tweet? <laughs> How do I tweet? Right. Maka. Um. At Maka. We got a Ray Good film for you. How am I supposed to tweet without you? Please listen to the podcast as cannot explain. <laughs> with so I feel as if you should tweet this when this episode goes out rather than characters. now when there isn't even anything for him to listen to there we go <laughs> right I've tweeted him have you tweeted uh, that okay. uh, oh no wait hang on I just typed that all into google oh uh, silly no. teach me how to tweet 
<laughs> so yeah, I, I think we uh, we tweet this to uh, Macaulay Culkin. Um, see what he says, if anything, uh, <laughs> and uh, and and reconvene for a, a second draft of the script. Agreed. Right, yeah. Yeah. I'm completely with you there. Yeah. Go for yeah. it. So that was uh, was it, Bobby Bollocks. Bobby Bollocks, Bollocks gets kidnapped. The Bobby, Bobby, <laughs> that's it. Bobby Bollocks gets kidnapped. kidnapped. Does he get kidnapped? Um, or did and he get kidnapped? Unlikely, the unlikely history of a child the, the, star. The, uh, the the wildly inaccurate memoirs <laughs> of a child star. I think it, no. I think we need to say it's true, otherwise it won't sell as well. I think we need to go. <laughs> the true Bobby story. Bollocks gets the true kidnapped. Story. Bobby Bollocks gets kidnapped. The true story of Macaulay Culkin crossed out. Bobby Bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> Crossed <Hey>, out. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So uh, thank you all for listening to this week's episode of the Life's a Pitch podcast. I hope you enjoyed our biopics, our first foray into pitching biopic movies. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. We've done biopics before, but yeah. we've done it on brand things. Like the origins yeah. of certain brands and, and, and stuff like that. The origin of Lidl, I think it was, or something like that. Oh. It, was, it was Silly Bang, wasn't it? Silly Bang we did as well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And we've also done um, uh, Baby Bell, I think. Um, we, we've not actually we've not actually gone out to pitch a biopic uh, on purpose. It's always just come out. And then I was like, all right, right. well, maybe we should just do it as a genre uh, to see what happens. I so, yeah. liked it. A lot. Yeah. Oh, I think this should be an extremely recurring idea because I, yeah, mm. it was good. We'll put it into the main rotation of, uh, yeah, of, of, of genre of yeah. genre. Mm. All right, so that was this week's episode of the Life to Pitch podcast. Uh, remember to find us on facebook.com forward slash Life to Pitch podcast and Twitter at Life to Pitch show as well. Yeah, go and tell your friends about us a lot, big style. Uh, I'm just using. I want. I want to use. Words from the nineties and early two thousands. Then, um, to- a lot. <laughs> yeah, like a lot. Do you remember we always used to say a lot? A lot. That was the thing, wasn't it? A lot. <laughs> Do you remember we used to like, uh, you know, we would point to something and go, "Oh, I like that a lot." <laughs> yeah, and, our, and our parents had no idea what we were talking about, did they? <laughs> Not. <laughs> um, <laughs> just like that sarcastic wizardry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they had no idea what we were on about. What but are they we trying said to something say? And then said not. And then we and said they not. We and still just... meant it. Yeah. Oh, a bunch of idiots. Yeah, I remember a time when I was. We were in a helicopter, and uh, and my mum's and my mum said like, "Oh, I bet you wouldn't want to fall out of this helicopter." And I went, "Yeah, I'd uh, I would love to fall out of this helicopter, actually." Not, and she went oh, and pushed me out of the helicopter. And, like, <laughs> and she was just trying to be a good mum, like you know, she was just trying to do what I wanted. But like, because that's how you be a good parent. It's like when your kid says, say, "I want to fall out of this helicopter," you go oh, and you have to push them out. You've got it, that happens, and it was all if just a misunderstanding. You, if you love someone, let them go. If they don't come back, <laughs> they were never yours. <laughs> If yeah. you love someone, let them go out of a helicopter. Push them out of a helicopter, and if they love you, they'll come back. <laughs> and actually, it's just someone's someone's accidentally kind of like mixed up the instructions for bungee jumping with just like meaningless phrases. <laughs>
Okay. Um, if you've been enjoying... oh, no point crying over fish in the sea. <laughs> if you have enjoyed today's biopics um, or any of the pictures um, uh, this week, uh, then you can always, uh, you know, tell your friends is the big one. But also go over to um, <laughs> go over to patreon.com forward slash Life's a Pitch Podcast, where you can give us some money each and every month. Um, that can help the, make the podcast better and uh, help us continue to do awesome stuff. You get oh, bonus it makes the podcast. It makes the podcast so much better. They actually gave me a sneak peek of what's inside the box that only unlocks at certain like levels of money coming in. And oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I it would have you seen? Uh, have you, I, I, I like opened it and like a golden light glowed onto my face. But you don't know what, what it was. I mean, <laughs> uh, so thanks to everyone who is contributing already to our, our box fund. That is. Um, Mahia Trevetti, my waste of talent. You can keep the kids, Brenda, but you're not taking half of the bisques. Brandon Spanky Mills, Ross Originals, Stephen D. Thomas, Sam McKillman. All right, Brenda, they've got gluten-free bisques now. They're made of hemp. Look how scared the cat looked when I waved these bisques about. Brent Black. Look, Pete, we all think your zeal about bisques is too unsettling. Joseph Hegarty, strike comedy or how I learned to stop Worrying and love improv. The Bisque Council has convened and found the supplicant Alex wanting. Yes, Dan, of course I'm happy. I bask in the light of the eternal Bisque. Thank you, everyone, <laughs> for uh, those donations every month. It really does help out. And uh, also, you get to be uh, part... If you do become one of our patrons, then you get to be part of the ongoing Bisque saga. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And also, do remember to tweet at them photographs of yourself standing in front of the wheat bisques boxes at the supermarket because <laughs> i did that once and it i feel as if it kicked off a little thing a couple of other people did it <laughs> it has that has been a thing that is an ongoing meme where people will just find the bisque <laughs> in a supermarket take a photo and then and the, thing, <laughs> and the best part of doing that i discovered when i did it was that you're the only person who can possibly comprehend why a person would take a selfie of themselves with some weed bisque <laughs> and not even purchase any. It's not like you're a fan of them. Uh, uh, All right. right. So yeah. thank you, Dave, for coming back on the show. All right. Yeah. Where can people find you if they want oh, to? Oh, yeah. Uh, Demon Tomato Dave, all one word. Uh, put that into Twitter and you'll find me rabbiting on. Put that into YouTube and you'll find me rabbiting on. Put that into Twitch and sometimes you'll see me doing things. I've got a podcast out at the moment, which is called Serious Disney's. It's been on a bit of a hiatus over Christmas, but that's because I'm doing a lot of hard work and it'll be back in a month or so. And I'm currently working on a new podcast, but I'm not telling you what it is yet. So you'll just have to wait and see. That's also coming out sort of in the in the vicinity of April or Ooh. maybe May. It would kind of be better if it came out in May, but I don't know if I can convince my co-host to wait that long and see. It's very exciting. It's a very exciting pro mm. uh, project, especially if you're a big nerd. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was right. a little bit aggressive, I think. <laughs> I'm excited by it. That's why. <laughs> no, you no, it, it's it's true. You will I think you'll get the most out of this podcast if you're great big doofus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and on that note, uh, we'll leave you with this week's Yes Very Clever Award, the award we give 
away to people who've given us titles based around existing titles and made a very, very clever pun on them. So this week's award goes to Matthew Presley, who's given us how much wood would Edward Wood 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 if Edward Wood Wood could Wood Wood. <laughs> I've been Tom McGrath. I've been Matt Turner. I've been Dave Bulmer. Remember who pitched it. <laughs>